Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode four. Four for 12 for a penny. Uh, I'm Seth. I am Seth. This is Scott. He is also, coincidentally, my father. We don't just look alike because of genetics. Well, actually, no, we look alike precisely yeah, exactly. because of genetics. So, welcome back. We're glad to have you guys back here. Um, yeah, well, thanks for tuning back in. Yeah, so, guys. Oh, so just again, say thanks everybody that's watching the videos. We're having loads and loads of fun um, doing these. Hopefully, you guys have heard some stuff you like and got to experience some new music. Um, I do want to address the elephant in the room. Um, there is very, 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 very few reasons for a man of my age to be wearing a baseball cap backwards. Um, but it's a lighting situation, really not more anything else than that. So uh, I'll have to take a pass on this one. But otherwise, no, it's not right. I, I have I have seen you. I've been with, been with you in public many times, and there are many times you see a grown man in a, in inside indoors with a baseball cap backwards, yeah. and it gets ugly. It gets ugly. Yeah, yeah. These things, it, these things, not a, not a good look. Hey, well, unless you're Ken Griffey Jr. or a professional baseball catcher, I'll give you the pass on those too. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Or you're a, a, a Red Sox fans on St. Patty's in Boston. You, you get a pass. That. That's a given. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a given. Yeah, you, you can't make them not do it. It's, it's what. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna dive into this one today. So I am reviewing Pop Two by Charlie XCX. Um, I've got a pretty long thing about this, so it's it's pretty interesting actually. Um, I have basically listened to her entire discography now so i know way more about charlie xcs than i uh, intended to on this um so i guess first off seth why did you give me this album all right um i'm just pulling up the track list here so i can be a little bit more accurate in talking about stuff um well i'm not just giving you this record because her new album comes out tomorrow not of releasing this but where the time we're in currently i gave you this record because this is a very good record to get into kind of, I'm not going to call it the hyper pop scene because that is an overused label. Um, I find her career trajectory fascinating and the people around her fascinating because Charlie is this, I haven't quite seen pop stars like Charlie before. I grew up with like Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, um, like on the very tail end of like Avril Lavigne and that kind of stuff and so the pop stars that I grew up with were Kate, oh. Taylor Swift um John Legend entering here and there and then Charlie was I grew up and Boom Clap happened and Fancy happened and I Love It by Icona Pop happened and I like those songs and then my good buddy Iden Regis God bless him uh put me on Charlie whenever her album dropped when I was doing Orange Soda and I was just fascinated by her. And this record, I can only imagine it being the nicest possible step forward into the pop music sound that only gets stranger from here. This is about, if you're trying to get in to see what the weird teenagers are listening to now, this is the very, it's a really nice, gentle, like, hey, it's going to get weird from here on out. So here's a little taste while still being a well, 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 well executed pop record. And because I want, I would like to eventually to listen to, I'm not going to make you listen to AJ Cook's solo project, but like stuff in the camp of PC music. And this is kind of what helped bring them into the public, the public knowledge. 
and um, help me get into that sound too. Okay. Um, so when I listened to this record and I did the review, the review of it originally, um, it was not probably um, the nicest thing that I could have to say about it. Um, I actually had to go back and do a little bit of research on it and kind of figure out what it was and then listen to it again. And so as the, as the, on the original listen, like the first questions I had were like, and there's like tons of features on this. Is this a yes. solo album? Is it not a solo album? Then, I mean, there's so much auto tune. So can she sing or can she not sing? Um, then there's so much production on this record that it's like, holy hell, they're throwing everything but the kitchen sink at this thing like that. So I was probably, I don't know, four, I was probably, probably on tears, probably like four songs in. Like, what the hell is this? You know, this is not like a good solo album at all. And, you know, I kind of asked you about it a little bit and listened to the, re listened to the rest of the record and then kind of went back and, you know, found out some stuff about it um because originally and like the best analogy that i could give you on this because i know you're a fan of charlie x6 and i've heard some of her stuff you know in the past too which is kind of funny because it's like when seth was in fourth or fifth grade we had to make a mixtape for him to sell it's called seth bop brilliantly titled for so tiger dollars have those have those those copies that that tape keep it keep it is what i'm saying and it actually had i kind of pop on it and i love it on it so it kind of comes back full circle again um but this was to me like saying, hey, okay, I want you to listen to this Charlie XCX album and tell me what you think about it. So like the analogy that kept coming to mind is like, okay, so, you know, I'm a big Springsteen fan. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I really like Springsteen. I want you to listen to him. And I gave you Nebraska mm -hmm. to listen to, or even the Chicken Man album, um, you know, or like if you would have come to me and you're like, dad, you know, there's a guy named Lou Reed and I really, really like him. And I think you'll really like him too. And you gave me like Metal Machine. <laughs> and I'd be like, what the hell is this? This is not good. Um, so that was kind of the original thoughts when I listened to it the first time is this is a way overproduced. I don't think she can probably sing because it's way too auto-tuned. Um, there's a million and a half features on it. And it doesn't really sound like much of a solo album to me. Okay, just straight across the board. Sorry to disappoint anybody. That's what I thought. Then I found out, oh, well, first off, it's an EP, not an album. Okay. So like 35 EPs, minutes or so. Yeah. Or EPs, you can do some other shit on it. Okay. That's, it's a little bit, a little bit different thing. And then I found out this was her and this, the group that you were talking about that I'm, I can't really discuss. I read a lot of stuff about it, but I don't remember any names or anything, but this is kind of the one thing that they really want to do is try to push this pop stuff forward and really push it to the edge and see what they can do with it and everything mm -hmm. on that um so i'm like okay i gotta listen to it with a different with a different ear on it at that point in time because otherwise it's like man it's like a solo album no nah, man it's, she yeah, can't even she can't even she can't even bother to come in until like verse three on one song so what the hell is this all about <laughs> um so that being said once i kind of learned a little bit about it and listened to it with a with a clearer picture on it um i i do think it's interesting that I can see where it is kind of pushing, you know, pop music into like a different direction and that mm -hmm. she didn't want to sound like everything else in the top 40. And, you know, she was already of a lot of acclaim. Um, 
if I was giving someone the album to introduce her to, I would give them Sucker. I think that's a better introduction um, to hear, you know, to hear what that sounds like and then kind of hear the avant-garde's overused, but I'll use that because I can't think of a better term mm-hmm. um, on this. So, but I can see what they're trying to do. I can see what she's trying to do. Um, and I can see why, if you're a fan of Charlie XCX, that this is probably an album that you were pretty much blown away by. I get that. Going back to like the Springsteen reference, Nebraska was an album that Springsteen fans held dear. If you were a Springsteen fan, if you had just discovered Springsteen and just listened to Born to Run, you put this on and you're like, Man, it's a harmonic and an acoustic guitar and a four track. So I, I do understand. I do understand that. I see why people are protective of this album. Um, and I can see where they're, they're excited to see it go in that direction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, Backseat, the first one, um, it was, you know, it's typical pop album. I thought vocally they paired incredibly well together at times, almost too well where you couldn't really tell them apart. Um, and I'm just going to get this out of the way also on it. Um, I think the album is like way, way, way overproduced. Um, I, I, I do. And I, I can't get around that. I think that they threw a ton of shit to the wall to see what stick. I'm sure they probably loved it. I'm sure that they probably, and I know a lot of people, you know, like it. The reviews on this thing were fantastic. Um, That it's, you know, pushing pop music in a new direction and this is where it's going to be. And hopefully it only gets weirder and all that. Um, Not really for me. I thought there was a lot of stuff that was on there just because a producer was like, I can do this, that, and the other and play around with it and do it. Um, That's just a personal preference thing uh but that's you know that's a really a really good song um and really not to go over the album you know track by track on it um the you know kind of the the vibe on the whole thing was you know to me was there's a lot of loneliness a lot of not anti-love songs but um lonely you know got dumped um but then there is a lot of other stuff that was especially after the first four that were you know, super up tempo. Um, I know none of the people hardly on this album that do the features on it. Um, you you, on you know, Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah, I, I do. That was like the, the two that I, that <laughs> one and um, Tommy Cash, just because everybody shit all over him all over online. That was the only other one that I had heard of. Um, but like I thought the cupcake verse was, was really solid um and this is something too that i would if if you if you listen to the album or you you like the artist kind of go back and 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 read about this and who these people are because there's a lot of really interesting people on the album and Mm -hmm. from a lot of different genres a lot of different you know countries hell um that they brought in to do it and this is kind of a collab group that likes to work together and they have Mm -hmm. some history and stuff and so this is kind of like a dream project for them so again i understand why people that are fans of charlie xx do hold this album close to their heart um Fembot was probably my favorite song on the album because it's probably the most top 40 song on the album. Um, yes. You know, it's, uh, you know, and again, not to like compare this artist, but to people like me that haven't heard Charlie XEX, if you like Lady Gaga, you would love this artist. Okay. And it's not derivative, it's just the same genre and the same style. Um, vocally especially fembot sounds like it could easily be a lady gaga song from the delivery to the breathy stuff to the charlie baby and to the ooznaz and stuff it's it's a banger when the um when the mickey blanco 
verse comes on, I can only imagine dance floors go fucking batshit crazy when that comes on. And I just see like the lights going on and people losing their minds on it. Um, that's a really good verse. That, that was, but, but that's a, that's a, this is, a, this is an exceptionally good pop song. Um, and I would say that there's, and some of the other reviews that I read about it, um, I kind of felt like pop music was kind of getting a bad rap on it. There's nothing wrong with a good pop album at all. I, no. I love, I love pop music. Uh, it's probably my favorite genre. And, you know, they're saying, oh, this is all this top 40 crap or top 20 crap or contemporary. No, there's nothing wrong with a good pop song at all. And you don't have to reinvent the wheel to you know, have for a pop song or a pop album to have meaning or anything. Okay. You, you don't have to. Yeah. Um, and that was one thing that again, getting into the reviews that um, pretty fair amount of people riding on the pretentious turnpike when it comes to some of that stuff um, that, you know, it's, there was like, I probably read more backhanded compliments that were referring to like earlier songs of hers. And they're like, Oh, but they're trash compared to, lucky no not really <laughs> yeah. they're really really you know they're an enjoyable song people love it that's the reason people are listening to this album mm-hmm. um again you don't have to reinvent the wheel everything doesn't have to be sergeant pepper you know twist and shout's a really fun song to listen to so um that's just a that's just a, a thing so always kind of bothered me on it um yeah fembots are fembots are really it's a really really good song uh, one that I really enjoyed. And I honestly, I, I said, if you're a fan of like Katy Perry or Lady Gaga or uh, anybody that's strong in that genre, the song will fit right in. Um, there was like a lot of telephone vibes on a couple of the other tracks too. And when I went back and listened to like her discography, basically, um, that kind of rings all the way through on that. Um, I thought Unlock It was a really good dance track. Of- yes. On the favorite, lyrics, are, favorite song, favorite song, yeah. Record. Lyrically, I mean, it's like nothing at all, nothing. but um, it's no. really, it's a really, really good dance track. Um, Porsche again, that's another song I can see where people love that song. Um, I, I definitely get it. It's kind of weird. It's the more that I listen to more of her stuff, um, like I would say, oh, I could hear an influence here. I could hear this influence there. I could hear this influence there. And then I was actually having to check timelines to see if that's possibly an influence or no, uh, or if they're just contemporary and that's kind of the the sound that the music's gone into. Um, you know, like on that one, like on Porsche, it seemed to me that it was like streaming like a kind of like a real Lord Lord type vibe with the phrasing and just the whole projection that the way that she did it. Um, but again, you know, they're, kind of contemporary so i doubt that's mm-hmm. really an influence it's just a style that they've you know got from somebody else mm-hmm. um you know tracked in okay <laughs> um that if i if i recall correctly i'm pretty sure that song did very well commercially i couldn't care i don't it's fine i'm okay with it i don't really care i i don't get the hype behind that song that that song yeah. is like the most commercial song on this album for me you know, I like, you know, I actually wrote here, it was nice to hear her vocals. Um, you know, I I do like to hear her voice, just straightforward, mm-hmm. you know, non-auto-tuned, not everything, just her voice. Um, and I, I 
you know, that was kind of unfair when I did the first lesson to go on back and listen to some of her other stuff. I and mean, she does use a lot of autotune on other stuff, but then she'll sing straightforward on other songs. So mm-hmm. um, it's just a sound that she's going for or a style that she's going for, the producer's going for. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, there's just too much playing around with switches and stuff on it um, for me on that particular track. So that being said, um, after kind of understanding what the album was about, um, I would say that I did like the album. Uh, again, I would not say this is the one you should jump in on if you're just trying to get into Charlie XCX. Uh, there's uh, a lot of little, I mean, Easter eggs isn't the right word, but there's a lot of little nods and stuff that that go along with it, um, just with the people they're working at and the sound that they're wanting to go with on that. So um, you tell me what you think about the album. Well, it's, I'm glad, I mean, obviously, and this is why I want to talk to you of anybody else, because I can see people your age, because you're treating this out with, a, you're being very respectful toward the record. You're not, you're not being like, oh, I think this is that and the next thing, because the auto-tune to, okay, wait, I like, I want to, okay, here's what I'll touch on first, the Springsteen thing, because looking, think about it now, this wasn't really, whenever I gave you this record, it wasn't really to give you it about charlie it was more the sound the sound the sound of this style of pop music and because yeah definitely sucker or how i'm feeling now for like a more like what charlie's about but it was just this sound because there's a lot of people that aren't aping it they just all kind of like this sound and (laughs) like the auto-tune overproducing i totally understand that and i believe it was on one of the new billy eilish tracks that came out before the last record just got released. Um, she was getting lampooned because there's a ton of auto tune on it, and it was Phineas that said like, "If you're in, if it's 2021 and you're hearing auto tune, it's because you're supposed to hear the auto tune because we just mm-hmm. think it sounds cool." Mm-hmm. And the whole kind of to me because I just wanted to get like that, that was the main goal was just to get this sound to you. And what I like about it as pop music is that in pop music in the past, things like really fancy production tricks and auto tune and that sort of stuff has always been like icing on a cupcake to throw a little cupcake thing in there. That's like, you use that to beef it up a little bit. And this whole sound seems like, well, what if we didn't need a cupcake at all? And the whole fucking thing was just icing. It just seems to want to be really, just seems to want to be very, uh just throw yeah like you said like throwing everything at it and just producing the hell out of it and then producing it more on top um the gaga thing i'm really glad that you pointed that out because that is something that i think in the future people are going to retrospectively say that gaga really did push this sound forward just bringing that really flamboyant and bombastic kind of energy to pop music um because although I think that uh, Born This Way is a bad record, but Fame Monster is gonna, that's like an all-time classic 2010s or 2000s pop record. She brought, mm-hmm. she brought this sound. I think she is quite a trailblazer in that regard. And <laughs> also I adore that you like, uh, I got uh, Unlock It in Porsche and uh, I got it. Cause those are my favorite tracks on the record. I, and Fembot, Fem, I'm, I'm okay with. I'm not a big Dorian guy, but I love Dorian. And um and as far as the collaboration thing, I totally understand that too. I mean, I'm a Kanye fan and all of his records are collab albums, basically. Tons of features and co-writers and co-producers. And to talk more about the, the whole trajectory, I find it, I love it when, 
someone pulls a kind of Dave Chappelle move where they go, no, the money, whatever. I'm going to do what I want to do. And she, I think she very could have easily stuck with making songs Iggy Azalea and just writing that pop, that top 40 kind of wave because she obviously has the talent to do that. But Carly Rae Jepsen, I mean, she was the Call Me Maybe girl. That's what I knew her as. And then she's on this. And Tublo, Cupcake, Brooke Candy. Okay. If you're you're over the age of 25, do not dig into Brooke Candy's solo stuff because you're not going to dig it, period. It is very out there. I was going to ask about about that because the intro to the song, I mean – didn't make my ears blush or anything like that but then in some of the reviews i read some stuff you know about it and i was like all right i just didn't have time to go in and dig into dig into them the one thing that you know i would say you know probably going into this uh listening to it for the first time especially is this seems more like um more like a project or a collab i mean obviously it's an ep more than like a solo album and i think that was the reason that when i went into it and i was listening to it i was like man this is a this is a shit solo album because there's no focus on this particular artist. Yeah. And so, but then knowing what it was after that, then I could listen to it in a different way and judge it a lot more fairly. Mm-hmm. Cause before, like I said, I was like, man, must not be very good because you know, the way this is being done. Um, I would like to touch on, you know, something kind of circling back something I said earlier. Um, if this is the, the sound that it's the, the, the style is going to go into or this subgenre is going to go into on that. Um, that's, you know, I mean, that's just the way that music goes, but, you know, I would kind of be a little uh, disappointed if the focus from the artist got lost in that a little bit. And I think in some of these songs, that's the case because mm-hmm. she can't actually sing and you kind of lose that or question that a little bit again because of some of the because of some of the production on it um you can do a a big pop album and still give it that that cleaner sound we'll still and you'll still have an edgy sound to it or that cleaner sound but don't let the production player take away from the artist itself mm-hmm. and i think that was kind of probably even on like the fourth or fifth listen to the album there were times that i'm like hey, it doesn't need that you know it doesn't to me it doesn't it, it doesn't need that. And, you know, I would, I would actually probably consider this more of like a, a lighter dance album. Lots, lots of very dancey drums and production. Then I, style, yeah. then I really would like a pop album. You know, this would be, I think I saw like electro pop with like the sub genre of sub genres yeah. or whatever, but, and, and that makes sense. But, you know, this is something that you could definitely hear again, you could hear it on, you know, a top 20 or a top 40 station and it wouldn't be, you know, some of the tracks probably not, but you know, some of them and it wouldn't sound, you know, it wouldn't sound out of character, but you know, again, going back to it, that a pop album can be a good pop album and you don't have to trash that entire genre just because it's three and a half minutes and it's clean and it's well-produced and it makes people happy. Yeah. Um, so that was just that was kind of the thing that really bothered me in a lot of the reviews that I read is they were basically like, oh, you all are too dumb to understand this new style of pop music. And that's something that would, you know, for me and people my age would kind of instantly turn us off to mm-hmm. that because, you know, we've been listening to pop music for 60 years on the radio and, you know, it's always going to change. But at the same time, it always kind of sounds the same. 
Um, that's the what makes the genre the genre mm-hmm. and you know popular music and some of the and some of the stuff that I read it was just like if you know if this isn't what you're expecting to hear going forward you know you guys need to get out of the way and I was like yeah okay whatever We've, like that what th- this record's what 20 2017 I mean it's not 17. it's not perfectly new but it's very clear that like classic and I'm I'm trying to figure out a way because it's very easy to be a pretentious fellow while talking about this. But what seems to be kind of sticking around with this scene is that, especially with this album, I'm sure that Charlie didn't go into the production of this wanting to really showcase her, but showcase this this scene. Mm-hmm. And I think that is kind of, I think that there is a bit of, I think there's obviously a bit of like tongue and cheekness about it, about it being so overproduced. And that's, that's what I like about it because it's taking the kind of things that people that laugh at pop music for being like having auto tune and these fancy production tricks. And then just saying like, what if we just did it all the way? What if we just turned the knob all the way to doing all this fancy stuff? And that's, and like, it, it gets, it gets, it gets worse to where you don't even understand what people are saying <laughs> and auto-tune is off the charts and i mean i'm personally maybe it's adhd i don't know what it is but this sound it's it's so engaging for me as an overstimulated millennial or gen z whatever i am and so yeah i think it would be very it, it's funny i could see people from the pop and being upset about it being too out there and then people that already don't like pot being like oh look at what they're making now like this is what we said was going to happen but mm-hmm. It's almost like an in-joke, but not really. Because if you know that they're trying to do it in a kind of tongue-in-cheek way, because it's not, it never gets parody levels of like making fun uh, of the oh industry. No. It never gets to that level. Because no. it's always enjoyable as a song, mm-hmm. period. But there's definitely like a little bit of, they're trying to bite a little bit. Like, this is pop music, isn't it? Like, we're making the pop music that these older people said it was going to sound like. Like, oh, like not ironically because it's 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 not made with spite it's not made to like spite anybody it's just it's just kids having fun yeah i think just you know calling it pop too i mean it's taking the piss out of a little bit that's pretty funny yeah um but and again just kind of go back to the the gaga thing um if you listen to telephone which has got auto-tune it's got tricks it's got freaking beyonce on it um everything that i was just complaining about that was on this album um <laughs> and then you listen to like again i'll say go with fembot um they're actually very very similar you know in sound in style in in everything about it um just the the gaga track is cleaner you know it's mm-hmm. more polished it's more well produced it was obviously you know designed to get radio and video play um and but it's not you know it's not that you know this isn't that different uh yeah so i I think i think they've a lot of the people in this camp have specifically been aping that sound of like that mid 2000s late 2000s pop stuff whenever it got a little a little punky like like you you know 303 yeah so 100 gex who you're aware of their existence kind Mm -hmm. of in the same camp a little further out they've done tracks with uh 303 and they have like collabs that they've done with um fallout boy uh th- this whole scene is all very 
collaborative oriented about helping people get on a boat together like a lot of these artists the 100x again they are very creation positive like they'll upload the stems in like their production files to the internet so people can remix their songs and it's very they're very they open source is the word they just want to like make everything available for these people and so that's definitely part of this of the genre of, of the whole scene so you know again this is you know upon listening to it multiple times um you know just going back into it and kind of kind of wrapping up a wrapping up this one um you know i would definitely i'd recommend you know give a listen to it there's going to be stuff you like on it there's going to be stuff that you don't like on it uh but this is you know probably one of the directions that you're going to hear a little bit more i'd also say this is probably a little bit more of a um european style because it's a little bit more like edm certainly kind of kind of feel to it that you know and a lot of the stuff you you know you won't hear on the radio but i can guarantee you that a lot of the stuff will get cranked up you know at parties and again i can understand that if you're a fan of, the, of this particular artist why you're like wow she tried something new there's something daring you know, she's pushing a little bit different direction you know kind of like make the make the blockbuster movie and then make the three small indie movies that you really like and then make the blockbuster yeah. movie again one for me one for you exactly and i listened to the tracks that they the single tracks they leaked off the new album and i can't recommend it enough it's it's really really it's really good so uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. It really brought me into a kind of a newish style and an entirely new group of people that I was completely unfamiliar with. So yeah, it's glad I, glad I gave it a listen to. And there's a couple songs I'm sure I'll probably go up, go on the playlist and and listen to them going forward. So yep. I, I, sw- I swear if I see you at work and you're humming "Unlock It," I'm gonna flip my <laughs> fucking I'm gonna flip my lid. <laughs> I think so I'm gonna I think it's gonna be a fun thing to do you know how like at, in the front of books they'll have like or on like movie posters say Roger Ebert and then a short little sentence if you were to give a short little sentence on the front of the book that is pop two what would your sentence be it's not a solo album <laughs> don't don't go into it thinking it's a solo album it's not um no I would say uh and just a short little snippet that you know, this is probably the direction that your popular artists are going to be dipping their toes into and seeing what sounds they like and which sounds fit their styles. Rock on. Honestly, cool. maybe maybe now go back and listen to some Billie Eilish stuff. Listen to some Billy stuff and uh, see see if you can catch any any trails. Yeah, and and yeah, I've listened to I've listened to the Billie Eilish stuff just because it was when you know when you were going on about your conspiracy about it. Um, which I don't completely disagree with you on. Um, but you know, stylistically, but again, I'll say just like going back to that, that particular album, um, a lot of tricks, a lot of whistles, a lot of, a lot of games being played by the production, but it's clean. It is. And it's precise. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, sloppier by design, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, at times, and, and you can hear this with just like producers and DJs all the time where they'll get just like a little bit far over the top. And that's where to me it gets, and that's like, like with track 10, that was just part of it, that there was just so much to mm-hmm. me, unnecessary mixing and unnecessary this, that, and the other going on the end of it. It didn't, it didn't enhance the listening experience to me. It, you know, it took it away really more than anything else. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. so, um, but no, I would say that this is probably, you know, the little, little snippet thing like that is, 
if you like popular music, this is the direction, a direction that, that is going in and give it a listen. Rock on. All right. So the album that I gave you was Public Enemies. It takes a nation and millions to hold us back. Public enemy. Public, public so enemy. the reason I gave you this album is one thing that has kind of bothered me about rap and hip hop in general as I've gotten older is I'll ask people, you know, people do like a list of like MCs or rappers or, you know, whatever like that. And a lot of the guys I listen to, they're not on the list because they didn't get listened to all that much and all that. And that's fine. I understand that it's the same. You know, it's been that way in every genre of music forever going forward. History's been uh, the winners. Yeah. And even like the, you know, the artists that were like super influential at one point in time and everybody would have them on their Mount Rushmore. Now nobody even mentions them. Yeah. And, and so, although, don't, don't worry. And every conversation, there's always an old head fighting for whoever. <laughs> there's always someone fighting for Scarface. There's always someone fighting for KRS one. They're always, they are adamant. They are a strong, tight knit group. There must be old I'd, I'd be in that KRS one <laughs> group for sure. Um, but so I played, I had some folks that work for me that were huge into, huge into hip hop, huge into rap. And it's like, if you listen to Public Enemy, no, played it for him. So I was like, what'd you think? And I listened to about two minutes of it. I can't stand that shit. And it's like, oh, okay. You know, so be it. Whatever, that's fine. And it just floored me listening to it because for me, this particular artist, this particular album is their Mount Rushmore. And I don't even think it's it's questionable at, at that point in time. They're a bedrock of hip hop, a bedrock, bedrock of rap music. And so it might come as a surprise, but in the late 80s, early 90s, Sedalia, Missouri was not a huge bed of the hip hop scene on that. And you'd, we'd hear the funny stuff, you know, you'd hear like the wacky too short track or whatever. And it was fun because they cussed or whatever like that. Or you'd hear a funny cool Modi track or something like that. The novelty. Like, it was a novelty. Right. But I specifically remember the first time I heard PE. I was playing cards at a friend's house. And one of my other friends came in with a cassette tape. You guys can Google it to see what they were. And he just came in and he was like, you got to hear this. And so they threw it in and it was Night of the Living Bassheads was the track. And we're, again, playing cards or whatever. It's kind of said, well, this sounds a little different than you know what we've heard. And then I just heard this, this voice. And I didn't really know what he was saying. I didn't know what he was talking about, but I knew he was saying something. And he was serious about it because he had bass all the way down to his balls. And <laughs> so we listened to it and went back to playing cards or whatever. And it was like the next day or two, I was like, I gotta get this tape and listen to this thing. I got no idea what it is because again, no radio play, no video play, no nothing. I mean, you know, we, we couldn't hear it because it wasn't anywhere to be heard. And um, honestly, from that moment on, I was a huge fan. I became really not obsessed with the band, but I was a bigger than a bigger than just a fan. Um, and really got me into the entire genre of rap at that point in time. And what I would consider important rap like KRS one, mm -hmm. and then followed, you know, other, other rap artists going through that time frame. You know, that's where, you know, tribe and, and Wu Tang and, mm -hmm. you know, and then I went back and found out 
you know, Eric B. and Rakim and, and all the other artists that, you know, at that time. Um, so this is a bedrock album for me. Mm -hmm. You know, this is one that, that was like super important in, in, in my musical development. And it's just, it's mind blowing to me that especially people your age, number one, don't know who they are. haven't heard them. Don't appreciate them. When every artist that, not every artist, every important artist in hip hop going forward has been directly influenced by PE. And, you know, I, I put them up there with like the Beatles or the Stones and their genre. I think they're that important to, you know, to, to the growth of the genre and what it became. So that's why I gave you this record as I wanted you to listen to it. And I am really, really excited and curious to hear what you thought about it. Where do I start with this record? Um, I'll just say off the bat. I enjoyed it so much that I listened to the previous, their debut, and Fear of a Black Planet. Because I've been aware of music for a while. This has been, I've seen this cover. I've heard of Public Enemy. I was aware. But in a similar avenue, just a different route as I went to hip hop, I wasn't exposed to that much hip hop growing up. Like I heard friends playing like Lil Wayne and I knew who Kanye was obviously. And I heard swing pools and stuff. But what really brought me into hip hop was Wu-Tang because funny enough, I was actually talking to my buddy Danny about a guy I went to school with Brad. Brad, if you're watching this, you're the fucking man. He put me on Wu-Tang hard. He put me on Doom hard. And so looking back, if I would have heard this instead of Wu-Tang, it wouldn't, it, it would have been the, the it would have been public enemy instead of Wu-Tang. And I feel I'm almost upset that I can't unlisten to my entire knowledge of hip hop and then listen to this because listening to this nothing's earth shattering it's not like a new sound this album is bedrock dna of what is now called and it's it's not this but it's like people like to call it the conscious hip hop genre mm -hmm. this is like one plus one levels of integral to that idea this is listening to it i can see precisely how this album was cannibalized instantly by the hip-hop genre because now when people think of hip-hop they think political all, there's always some sort of message going on especially now it's it's political it's it's the voice of the disenfranchised it is bombastic it brings it brings the fucking noise and this is all that to a T. Every song on here is about something, no matter what it is. It can be just about them. And there's so much like, <laughs> there, there's so much that like, I think if you are an active hip hop listener and if you love like Kendrick Lamar or um, I'm trying to think of, I'm losing my mind. Uh, if you're a fan of hip hop now, you, you, you'll listen to this and not realize that a lot of this shit you hear, you're taken from take it for granted, because I'm not. I mean, I wasn't around in what is this '88. I can't oh, imagine. Weren't. I can't imagine a lot of this shit was being said beforehand, and they're referencing the public's reaction to them. They're uh, rapping about the public's reaction to them, how they're being portrayed in the media, like how they're blowing up, and no one can stop. I mean, it takes nation millions to hold us back. They're saying. You can't stop this, and we know you want to. And, like, I mean, Eminem, he's always rapping about what people are saying about him. Kanye is doing the same thing. 
they were rapping about political stuff in like the masters and like the, these like you know the shadow people and Kendrick Lamar's like doing the same thing talking about like the industry crushing you and society not being nice to you and the thing is you can do that and be the preachiest lamest motherfucker of all time that isn't happening on here either and say <laughs> about Chuck D having bass to his balls that is certain he commands the fucking microphone and you can't help but listen to him all that being said, the thing that really floored me the most is the production. The production is so fucking tight. There are so many awesome loops. And you're going to listen to this if you've listened to hip hop for a while and hear samples that you heard here now. There's a lot of like, um, especially on the new Tribe album that came out in 2016, there's quite a few samples off of this that I don't know if they both just sample the same guys, if they're sampling PE. Um, the Bomb Squad, Terminator X, some of this stuff is outrageous. And it, all, it, it verges on the point of almost being obnoxious, but the level for obnoxious for me is very high. So like on <laughs> Cole Lampin, I'm sure people hate that song. I love that song. If I could get a flavor flavor just rambling about everything having flavor on like four tracks on an album, I'm all for it. I was reading on Genius and it's like every song, it's just a flavor flavor and flavor flavor. And it's like, yeah, and it's fucking awesome. Are you guys not digging this right now? <laughs> it, it, it's that very, and he's somehow almost as coherent as ODB. And that's very, that's very yeah. interesting to see that actually happen. And it's, it's interesting too because I can listen to I can listen to Wu Tang and hear and hear New York and this is not West Coast and it doesn't but it doesn't feel like East Coast either it do, it doesn't it doesn't scream New York to me it screams Public Enemy it, I'm not like oh this is this is this is Staten Island it's like no 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 this is they're their own fucking thing Long Island Strong Long Island Island Long Island Strong Island yeah and um so if you know. And, and again, this is one I've said this on a lot of the records that, you know, if you're Cess age, listen to this album. Okay. This is, this is the, this is the, the good stuff. Listen to this album. Yeah, um, it is there, but there is, there is some stuff that's probably a little bit confusing um, on it. And I'll kind of try to clear up a little bit of it. Um, there's, lore. there's lore. So <laughs> there's lore. Um, so they were, they were a group. It wasn't just like Chuck D and Flavor Flav and Terminator X. Who Terminator X is the DJ, and they reference him a ton of times on the album, which was common back then. Because it. at one point in time, the DJ was the most important part of the group. Um, Run DMC did it. I mean, all the groups back then did it because that was the DJ was actually the star of the show. The MC was kind of the other guy. The hype guy was the guy that kept the crowd going while they were changing records and stuff like that um so the the first thing the album opens with an air raid siren which um became a trademark for them and i believe has been used a few times after that on hip-hop albums it's here and there, here and there. <laughs> once in a while. certainly not overused <laughs> so you'll hear a guy you know say step and that's Prof professor griff um he was like their minister of defense um problematic character i'm not going to get into all that but it was of the time and uh, he ended up being forced out of the group but that was kind of his job was to be um one of the more political guys that would say stuff just periodically shout outs and stuff like that 
S1Ws were their, uh, like the sec their security, um, security of the first world. And so they would be on stage with them in military type uniforms. Um, and you will hear them talk about, you know, whenever they needed, uh, I mean, heat or needed power that the S1Ws would come out. And so they reference that a lot. If you, if you haven't seen the group visually, that can be a little bit confusing, um, as well as like all the call-outs like Terminator X and all that, that can be a little bit, a little confusing until you like actually get to see a video or see what the group looks like and all that. Um, because that is something that if you don't know what, what they look like, or you don't know what's going on there, that can be a bit, a bit tricky. So that's kind of the short story of what, what that is. And I'm, I'm glad to clear that up for people watching because whenever I was listening to this, I was like, this is, I'm like, watch, I'm reading the lyrics. I'm like, why isn't this just Chuck D? This is just Chuck D and his bro and the producer guy. But what you said, okay, I also want to say something else. If, if you're bitching about current day hip hop being too political, listen to this fucking album. It's never not been political, you, you maniacs. It's always been political. And this seems to be really what made hip hop have that, because that's, that's like the identity of hip hop now. Is like, yeah, there's like, there's people that just rap, but, and something that I really like about this is, what like that the fact you said to explain it makes it more appealing for me because a lot of it's really a thing with groups and masterful mcs is they kind of create this mystique they bring the care it because like public enemy isn't just a group it's a whole like it is a character like it's they create their own world and that is so much fucking fun like that's what i love about doom and brockhampton and wu-tang and on future is they aren't just rappers. They bring this whole thing with them. They are like a collective and not like in a, in a West Coast, like hippie commune way. Like they, like they bring this whole, this whole scene. They bring this whole vibe and this whole, like the lore with it. And that is a lot of fun because if you're a fan, it's so rewarding. Cause that's what I love about Doom is like you listen to record and you say, he's mentioning shit from like three records ago that I don't know. I don't even know if it's real. I don't know if it's happened. And that is a really fun part of it. And it doesn't, and that being said, listening to it multiple times, it isn't just the Chuck D show. Like Flavor Flav is doing a lot. And right that is something that's kind of been lost about um, hip hop. And like, if it's your thing, whatever. But like, I was speaking my, this, this, these albums were so good. We were talking about it three hours before we did this. Um, mm -hmm. On Tyler Crater's new album, Call Me If You Get Lost, he had a hype man for the entire record, doing ad-libs and doing fun, like, just jump in and out, and people hated it. And there were, like, old heads and people that knew what he was doing, and they're like, no, this is a really great, like, throwback thing. It doesn't detract. It makes it, it's so much fun. There's, it's so, so much energy. It's bursting at the fucking seams. It's, and it's, it's aggressive, and it's powerful, and... There are some songs on here where they're rapping about, like, I mean, he's telling a story on, I think <clears> the standout <throat> tracks is certainly, as far as storytelling-wise goes, Black Steel and Hour of Chaos. It's kind of that, like, my, is this post-Ali? Post-Ali getting locked up for Vietnam? Yeah, this is oh, yeah, wait, wait, yeah. This would have been uh, 16, no, God. Because that was the 60s, yeah? Yeah, it would have been, been like up? this is yeah, this would have been like 20 years after that. 
and it's and it's it's like a retelling of a of a situation. It's like I'm not gonna fight for you fucking guys. So now I'm locked up here and I'm fine with it. And it's I'm I'm struggling to find things to say about it because I'm sure a lot of smarter people than I have said a lot of things about Public Enemy. Um, so much of what's on here is integral, and what Channel Zero. It's a song about like Flavor Flav reading this this chick for just melting her brain with all this this TV. The the I mean the the name of it's so funny that she's watching Static on the television. She's watching Channel Zero. There's nothing on, and she's just watching it. I I love the whole like the whole idea of it. The whole like they portray her as like this just zombie, and then I believe that's followed up by Living Bass Heads, where it's a, a direct shout out to that and Bass Heads. Is he talking about blow or is he talking about bringing the bass? No, he's not it's talking about nice, bringing the bass, but nice But that, yeah, it, it, it's great with that because it's also that particular track is like loaded with bass. It's just bass heavy. Yes. Um, but, you know, it's, and I'll let you get back to the album in a second, but it, it's something that, because I've heard you tell a story before and, and it, it, this, this kind of makes me laugh a little bit, but so you know, this is, you know, this was my introduction to like serious hip hop, or I'd say, you know, grown up hip hop, mm-hmm. um, where they were, they were telling us, they were telling stories, they were talking about stuff that was important to them. They were talking about cultural growth, community growth, um, you know, black empowerment. And, you know, so that was kind of the basis of, of my introduction to, to hip hop. And then I learned, you know, a lot of other artists and a lot of other groups at that point in time that, that were similar. So, you know, when you were young and you were listening to like some of the rap stuff and I would always just like shake my head or roll my eyes or whatever, um, because this was what I was comparing it to. This is what I was, you know, this is what I wanted to hear somebody say something, mm-hmm. you know, talking loud, it saying nothing, you know, great line. And so I've heard you, you know, tell the story about when I watched uh, Kendrick Lamar on the, on the Grammys and MTV Music Awards or whatever. And um, you're right. I actually did look up and I was like, this guy's actually saying something. And that was the first time in a long time that I had heard a hip hop artist or a rap or a rap artist, you know, saying something mm-hmm. and saying it in a loud, you know, abrasive, right in your face way that wasn't particularly about kind of the gangsta stuff that that genre had had become. And kind of honestly, it turned me off to hip-hop for a long time i, I don't blame because you. I don't blame me at all it was just the same thing over and over again when it was done originally it was done really well and then it went you know way downhill and it was just it just, it just wasn't good mm-hmm. um so yeah so that was kind of how you know i have a feeling that like the way that you listen to you know this album the first time that's kind of how i i i found that kendrick lamar mm-hmm. was kind of the same way is i was yeah. like wow this guy's this guy's saying something and it's loud and you know but there's a there's a purpose to it so that's why you know when you know you were younger and you know like migos or mumble rap and i was just like god i hate that shit you know turn that shit off it's so annoying it's because i was comparing that stuff to this stuff yeah and there and there is no comparison to that stuff to this stuff um it's it's almost like like the mumble rap is trying to do what charlie's doing but they're they don't know that they're doing it Right. It's because they, yeah. it, it's because they don't have really anything to say. It's just that they can talk like this and talk and then talk and triple it, triple it, triple it, triple it. You know, it's just like, ugh. 
whatever. And that's and that's um, fine. Sometimes you just want to get high and listen to Migos. God God bless him. But sure, it's it's not it's not this. Right. So um, but yeah. So you've got you know for me, you know, she watched Channel Zero, rolls into Night of the Living Baseheads, Black Steel in the Hour of Chaos, Rebel Without a Pause, Prophets of Rage. That's your textbook rap right there. Four different songs, four different styles, um, four different messages, but as important to me for the genre as four out as four songs recorded back to back to back to back. And that was them saying, this is who we are. This is the sound that we're making. We're here. We're not going away. And whether you like us or don't like us, you will listen to us. And our goal is for you to hear us as well. And that's why I hold this album so dear to my heart because I think it is a classic that is, and I'm talking about all time, you can throw everything up there. There's a legitimate argument to be made that this is one of, you know, the best, easily best 50 albums of all time. And you could make an argument that it's higher than that. But go on, because I'll talk about this all night. Well, no. God damn, I forgot. I, I lost something. But what... Hold on, I gotta, I gotta recollect. Okay, okay, um, okay, yeah. This is is if you are a hip hop listener now, and you're and you are gonna go return to this. It seems obvious. It seems like an obvious record. But there was a time, like I, I, I do envy that I didn't get to hear this before I heard Kendrick Lamar because this is seriously integral to hip hop's identity as a genre, and it isn't just. I mean, there's so, there's a lot to be said about that, but as far as like the technical rapping goes, he, he does some really Chucky has some really impressive flows. He's always on time. His, he know he's picking his words very precisely. The chopping and the sampling is hellacious. And there's yeah. a lot, like you can hear the drums and there are some songs, I, it might be Night Living Bass Heads, but I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. And there's a couple of songs on this where Terminator X is just having fun with it, having fun with it. And there was a really, it was on Party, uh, Party for Your Right to Fight, which fight. is hilarious, hilarious title, by the way. And the message of it is pretty funny. It's like, dude, you have your right to fight. Like that, that's never gone anywhere. Just party for it, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> that they do that phasing or the, that, that panning thing where Chuck's in your left ear and Flavor Flav's in your right ear. And I was listening to my car and I was like, this is fucking, this is so cool. I, it's so nifty. I, I, don't, I don't get to hear a lot of panning tricks going on anymore. It's always fun when I get to see it. But yeah, legitimately as a hip hop record, this is... I'm trying to think of another, like an example in a different genre, because it's, I mean, I heard, I heard Wu-Tang first, 36 Chambers holds, uh, it's on a different, it's on a pedestal. And this is that, this is cut from that same cloth. And, but almost in a bigger way where 36 Chambers was kind of like, this is New York hip hop. The public enemy wasn't worried about proving their sound to anybody or being proud of a city or anything like that. They were just proud of them and what they stood for. 
and wanting to take up as much space in your ears as possible because there isn't a quiet moment on here and nor should there be nor should there be at all no i've i'm really it's it's flooring and yeah on on my first listen i was like this is this is this is where it all this is like where it came this is it's like a genesis moment where it's like this is where a lot of where hip-hop this is like hip-hop's granddaddy it's like this is this is where it came from in the same way that i'm really trying to i can't think of comparison um in a different genre perhaps but a lot of what you know about hip-hop is going to be coming up in spades on this and you might not understand it but that's what i'm having to do some work listening to older stuff that is these duh albums and you got to think about this was 88 that wasn't this got invented right there this is this is where it came from and it is it's like and it's not home because sometimes i listen to albums like that where it's like oh i'm supposed to listen to this it feels like homework this isn't a homework listening to album it's a fucking ton of fun and it's it, it it's tremendous it's tremendous it is it's like a punch to the face you just can't move out of the way um i love it uh, there's quite a few songs that are in my like songs now and even if you if dude if you hate politics just listen to some of the instrumental cuts on here of <laughs> just having fun because it is like he's just like yeah i'm the best chopper what you gonna do about it boy ain't shit to do um for sure she watched channel zero bass heads uh mind terrorist i recall being a, a hellacious song and part of your right to fight, they're all just, they're all so much fun. They're all so much fucking fun. I, I, I actually, the friend that uh, Alex, homeboy Alex, I know he's watching, the guy that was hyping us up was saying that he was super stoked that you were a big Public Enemy fan because he's really into a band or a group called The Coup. And they're very explicitly Public Enemy influence, very political messaging and very strong and very like, this is who we are kind of identity. And being a fan of Brockhampton, it's, it's the same thing. They have this whole lore where like, they have literal uniforms and then there's a lot of like militant uh, uh, icon- iconography going on. And it's like, there are guys in this group that don't even rap, that aren't even on stage, but they're part of the group. Cause it isn't about, it isn't just about the music, it's about everything and the music that they're bringing. Cause they are like, this isn't just an album it is public. It's like a manifesto as an album. It's, it's wonderful. And the other thing that like for this album that, uh, I think it again shows like it's important. So once you get through countdown and all that, you know, the first track on spring, the noise. Really? So the, you know, they Hank Shockley said that they said, you know, they were, the media at that point in time was basically denigrating rap and they're like, it's just, you know, it's basically noise. And so he was like, well, if you're calling us noise, we're going to bring the noise. And also, and really importantly, you know, it's kind of almost like a, not, it's not a throwaway line, but it's just a line in the song, you know, that says waxes for anthrax. And so here's a rap group referencing a metal group, having Rick Rubin around, obviously, you know, help that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they throw on She Watch Channel Zero. That's a Slayer sample that they're playing over and over and over and over again. That that, that guitar um, 
Yeah, that's Angel of Death by Slayer. That's so and, badass. Yeah. And so, you know, that kind of, and they actually ended up touring with Anthrax and then they did a remix with Anthrax for Bring the Noise in like uh, 90, 91, something like that. Really? Um, yeah, it's actually, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> actually, it's, I think that version is on, um, was on Rockstar or one of the video games, one of those versions was on there um with them but rage against the machine if you're a fan of them huge influence oh, huge oh influence hell them. yes i didn't think um, about that yeah and they wear that on their sleeve you know proudly that they're mm. huge influence and, and morello's done a bunch of stuff with pe um you know the beasties were you know big fans of theirs too that's the whole party for your right to fight fight for your right to party thing that's on there too and um again. yeah again recruitment and then again you know, oddly enough, you know, Kanye West, huge fan. Um, he said multiple times that they were huge influences for sound and for the courage to, um, you know, speak his mind on, you know, political ideals and ideologies. And, you know, I, I guarantee you that there's something on this that you can listen to. And if, if you don't, if you listen to Bring the Noise and you don't like it, we can't be friends <laughs> just straight up. I mean, we can't be um but you know basically that that part of that album and actually the first part of the album is you know we belong you know we roll with the rock stars we'll never get accepted as and you know that's the whole thing is you know we're here we're style of music we're something and then go straight after black radio for not playing them mm -hmm. you know they're saying that you'll the only place late at night you know that radio station that questionnaire blackness they call themselves black but we'll see if they'll play this I mean, that's just a slap in the face. It's like, this is important music, play it. Mm -hmm. Because one DJ didn't, didn't like it, we're going to go after it and we're going to make you hear us and we're going to make you listen to us. And that DJ happened to be the most influential DJ in New York at the time. Um, and that's what Don't Believe the Hype, a lot of that's about, is like, you, we will not be ignored. You will hear us. And, you know, thankfully, this white kid did get to hear him. And it really changed the way that it looked you know introduce me to a new genre of music and change the way they looked at music in general so you know there's a lot of these albums that we're going to do i'm gonna say yeah you know guys listen to this it's a really good album you should listen to you should check this out this is a bedrock album this i can't tell you how you know how important this album is to music especially and not just hip-hop but music in general but it is a it is a cornerstone a foundation of of hip-hop so definitely listen to it chop oh and and also circling back the reason that this album popped in my mind to give you is travis morrison from the dismemberment plan this is what he said was his favorite album of all time so i can again, i can i can the thing is you you like you can you, you hear that and you're like no fucking way but <laughs> but that's like some of my uh like peggy being a fan of throbbing gristle that makes no fucking sense at all like uh, and i've i've seen a lot of people out that that's okay that is actually a very good indicator of an album being absolute balls to the wall great. There's never a guy that makes weird math rock and does equations to get his lines right likes this shit. This, this is a, a genre, it crosses over genres. And that's really how you can figure out who's got it going on. Because I know that like, they're like, uh, like Kim Impala, he produces for, he produces for hip hop artists and stuff. And I'm sure he loves Public Enemy. Everybody... Anybody, and it's funny you mentioned the Kanye thing, because I kind of see him as the patron saint that 
put gangster rap in his grave. I mean, the moment where they were, there was actually a conversation on who's going to chart higher 50 cent or Kanye when graduation was coming out. That was an actual, like, that was a very, like, no one knew what was going to happen. And then graduation happened and gangster rap was just put to death right there. I'm not, I, I thought about maybe giving you, cause you said that. No, I'm not giving you a Kanye record. <laughs> I've listened to like the first three or four. So best, I'm really the best with ones. Yeah, the best ones. Yeah. I've actually listened to them a lot. I listened to them quite a bit. It's it, it's funny it's that my introduction to hip hop, the, the first words I ever heard on wax were bring the ruckus. And the first <laughs> words that you got on were bring the noise. The noise. It, yeah. It's 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 like it's like I'm wow. cheating on my lady, loving Wu Tang clan, and then here in public enemy, and it's like, oh, this is this is rusky boy. <laughs> but it's, we really it's, it, it's fun. We really do have a lot in common <laughs> musically. Who, who the fuck really knew? <laughs> instead wow. of instead of Flaming Lips and uh, I'm, I'm in Tim Impala, oh. and instead of Public Enemy, my contemporary is uh, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, and I I, I totally get that, and I, it it makes perfect sense. And again, that's you know one of the like probably the first you know rap artist of that of that generation that like I perked up and listened to. Because again, was you know, didn't know what exactly was saying because I'd never heard the song before, but I knew something was going on. Mm-hmm. I could understand him, and he was saying something. And so yeah, it's it's weird how it works that way. But, when you uh, see a guy dancing on a cop car at the VMAs, you're like, "Oh, this is grabbing my attention very strongly." What's yeah. going on here? And it was just the intensity of it too. And that's one thing that you know. I know Chuck never gets put on, you know, like lists like greatest rappers or best MCs or anything. And I think it's criminal. But when you when you just hear him come off with bass and launches into that, you know, how low can you go? And that whole thing. I mean, can you go? You you've got to listen to it. It's got yeah. your attention. You know, he is up in your face telling you that this is what you know, this is where they're coming from. So. Um, so, yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you like the album. Um, I figured you would. Uh, I know that. You know, sometimes us old heads get stuff that we listen to and and we you know rave on about and you know are oh, these kids these days what they're mumbly jumbly and triplets <laughs> and all that stuff. Um, but this is uh, you know if, if you're a fan, I don't really know how you can't how you can't appreciate this and even more than appreciate it how you can't listen to it and get something out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just a fantastic album. So. Um, I'm glad, I'm glad you liked it. And, uh, you know, again, I implore, you know, for your friends and for the younger people, younger people watching this video, you know, give this a listen, listen to the entire album because albums were made to be listened to as an entirety and they are sequenced for a very specific reason. And that's why, and that's why they're held near and dear to our hearts because this is one that you didn't skip a track. That's let's, let's both be a little boomery right now. That is something that people had favorite albums i feel like people which i'm lucky that i i cared about music as much as i did at a younger age because i can't really not listen to albums in their entirety anymore and if you if you're not if you don't want to do that that's fine we, we all should to do but i mean this really is back when you could only listen to it front to back and you really had to make it that that's something that's kind of lost in streaming is that you're putting out a record you don't want them to skip. You have to give them a reason to not take it off yep. and give them a reason to actually flip it over. And this is the reason because I don't know where exactly side B is, 
it might be quite on a show them what you got, which I mean, I can only imagine <laughs> that song is like a paranoid schizophrenic's inner monologue right there. And I love it, but that, that's um, yeah, guessing, um, that might that might be the like the last track on the A side. She watch Channel Zero seems like it could be a B like like the first track on the B side. Yeah, it could be. It that would make sense. That would yeah, that that would make sense. That would be that it's somewhere and that's either on caught can I get a witness mm-hmm. or uh show them what you got. One of those would would probably be the the cutoff point on that. Also like I kind of jokingly said to you, I think this also kind of proves that um you know, Kanye West did not invent intros and outros. Uh, <laughs> yeah. these, were, these were done um, on albums way before he was he was recording his stuff. Um, well, you know, I also I'm, told you. Sorry, I didn't. Sorry, oh, and also, you know, that I found out earlier that side A and side B had, were switched. Um, that was the decision that that Hank Shockley made, and uh, Rick Rubin was kind of against it, and he was like, you know, we want to close strong. You know, and and we and so that's what they flipped it. And like I said, you have this four classics in a row, just bam, 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 bam. And uh just a banger, just a banger beside me. Also, I'm finding out something absolutely mind-boggling right now. Um the majority on of the tracks on this album aren't explicit. There's six explicit songs on this. That is ridiculous that is ridiculous i am actually i'm wondering if this labeled improperly i can't i cannot believe that that this much isn't the much of this is clean that's (laughs) that's ridiculous no there's um you know there's two or three there's two or three n-bombs on it and they are those aren't being said towards someone. They're uh, basically being say, I'm not gonna be that to you. I'm not gonna give you that power over me that you can call me that. Um, Black Steel Now or Chaos, as I know has it. Um, yeah. There's a couple other ones on it too. Um, but no, huh. when, you have, when you have something to say, you don't have to drop F-bombs every other word. And that's what, you know, I mean, that's why, again, I always say that I think Chuck's so underrated as a, you know, as an MC, and he's, you know, I, don't, I just don't think it gets his, his due on the, on the list of rappers, uh, especially among young people, because they just, they haven't heard it because this is their bedrock, you know, that there's yeah. so many people that, you know, 20, 22, 23 year olds that if I ask them about like their favorite Beatles track or something like that, they might know three, maybe four songs, maybe. If it was and they wouldn't TikTok. say nowhere, man. So what the fuck are they even talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what are they? What are they on about? So that's just, and that's that's outrageous. Because I I realized that when I was revisiting some of the old tribe stuff, is they very rarely swear. They very rarely swear. Very rarely swear. And on, on that yeah. new record, I realized I was listening. I was like, they're swearing a hell of a lot. I think they're very angry about something. <laughs> wow. And you said something earlier. I want to touch on Public Enemy. Whatever you said, we're here and we're you're gonna fucking hear us. They've been putting out records like every three years. There's like 14 records they put out. Mm-hmm. And I've heard, I mean, I think, would you say that the argument between uh, fear and this is like 
a give or take. It's like I understand if you like fear more. Yeah, a hundred, a hundred percent. I would say, yeah, yeah, I would say a hundred percent. I, I probably personally listen to fear more. Um, I listened to this a lot, but when fear came out, I, I just I devoured it. Yeah. Um, and listen to it over and over again. And um, it sonically is an improvement to the sound in general. They got it figured out. Also, they couldn't quite do all the sampling the same way that they did previously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's 1A or 1B. It, yeah. You know, it's, it, it's like, you know, Zeppelin 2 or Zeppelin 4, you know, <laughs> yeah. which... Yeah, you know, which one's it going to be? Um, that, that That's usually a very good litmus test on if an artist is really the shit. Like when it comes to Connie or Kendrick or Doom, it's like, I, I get it. I get it. This, this, this isn't a clear cut case here. Yeah. And the other thing that's, you know, uh, that, you know, if someone watches this and they and they listen to the album and they like it and they want to get into the mythology of PE and and learn all about it, because there's tons of stuff out there on it. There's there's tons on there, you know. Um, they were also one of the one of the first major artists is to say we don't need a label anymore. And if you listen to, and this is the other thing that I really love about Chuck D, is he does a lot of speaking engagements where he'll just talk to like young musicians and talk to, you know, just talk about music in general and you know the state of the union music. And you know, he was one of the first guys that said, "Don't sign a record, don't sign with a record label. You can make an album at home on your computer. You can sell it out of the back of." A car or back of a van and you know you can get onto you know not like a streaming service something like that and you keep your money you don't have to give the label your money you know there's ways to do this you can be smarter about it and so when they came out i want to say it was music and a message maybe it was after that um but that's was kind of one of the things they did is they kind of got off the major label and, and put stuff out and um you know i'll revisit it when i hear something else comes out i'll listen to it um and it's interesting as they've gotten older and you can hear them talk about other things and um, hear them grow as a, as a group and grow as artists. Um, but they, they're still extremely relevant in that industry and in that world. It's just, they're not, you know, getting played. It's not commercially by, viable. Right. It's not commercially like viable. Yeah. Right. But they are like, you can keep your money. And I'm, going to speak a little bit out of ignorance but i think i know what i'm talking about is so that's kind of basically the the way that a lot of the soundcloud rappers went and a lot of your newer artists went that way is it wasn't like through a major record label where they were you know pumping out albums for them pumping out you know paying for them to go on tour and and signing them to bad contracts and doing all that is that now there's a better there's a better way to do it and or a newer way to do it mm-hmm. and so if nothing else, that was a major influence he had on the genre is don't let them take your money. You know, you can do it on your own. You just have to hustle to do it. And, you know, that's one of the things he's been just preaching for about the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And the thing is like now, like hearing that again, that's another duh, like do it yourself. It's, it's this now, but doing that in the mid seventies, that isn't, that's an incredibly risky ass thing to do. That's that was not the norm. Now, if an artist wants to take a record deal, it's a choice. It's not a necessity. They're choosing to go with a record label because they want to, or they don't have, or they they don't have the resources. Like whenever Brock Hampton signed the RCA, everyone's like losing their minds. But they wanted to go to Abbey Road and record. They couldn't do that without a label. But mm-hmm. they had a choice. 
They weren't hold. They weren't held hostage to forced into a record label. They had the opportunity to choose. And so, yeah, that is something that again is something that's easy to be like, oh, duh, duh, PE. But that was 30 years ago. That wasn't a dumb moment then. Well, and this is another thing. If I haven't pontificated enough about how great this album is and how you, how much you should listen to it, is that Rick Rubin begged them for two and a half years to sign with them, begged them, and they finally caved and did and signed with them. And he uh, has a pretty good ear for music. He's pretty pretty talented producer, and uh, you know was one of the first one of the first acts and uh that they did so you know again it's just you know i could go on and on about the about this group and about this album and how important they are to me and what they mean to me um but just listen to it you'll be a better person if you do <laughs> and you'll uh you'll hear some some lines that you like damn they just don't spit them like that anymore and uh you'd be right from this old man's uh perspective you know again one of my favorite lines they ever put out you know most of my heroes don't appear on no stamps that is a great freaking verse and it the one thing i'll say about chuck is man it comes from the heart and it comes from the balls when he says it he's not fronting <laughs> he's not bullshitting you know again you might not agree with what he says but he's saying it and you know he means it and uh again i'm really glad you like the album I, I really am um and i hope that a couple of guys that watch this video um that you check it out and, and you listen to it and you give it you give it the listen that it deserves because i think you'll i think you'll be enriched by it for sure for sure and hopefully you'll be inspired to go out and buy some some camo jackets and wear some berets and be some bad motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> all right so on this saint patrick's day um happy, happy saint patrick's saint day yes happy saint patty's everybody I'm not drinking right now because I'll be honest, guys. I already have been. Let's fucking get it. Proud Irish, yo, yo! Shout out to the Irish. They they get. I'm, I'll do a I'll do a video on that sometime soon. The Irish they don't get enough love. Overlooked, overlooked population. God bless them. So, as a little teaser for the uh, for the next one of these things. So, after I read all this stuff doing the Charlie album about popular music and how it's doesn't change or how it needs to change or how you can't understand the change of it um it's changing too much it's changing too little what the fuck's the deal it led me to go into an opposite direction of the album that i was going to give you i still am going to give you i don't know, i think i said that every time um <laughs> but i also took the last week that we were going to bring out some of the heavyweights so we're going to continue in that genre and an album that did change popular music um for sure and you might not even know it 1987 a little artist named prince and the album is sign of the times oh fuck yes i am okay a little confession a little confession i know that prince is the shit but i've never actively actually i believe it was on that spin i think it was spin i think they might have had that as the number one of the past 50 years when it was released and i It'll saw be... that and i was like no way i've heard maybe four songs and i couldn't believe that they were released when they were released and so i'm very excited to get into this and listen wait what do you listen to the whole album <laughs> i'm fucking stoked 
And um, this actually, this actually isn't my favorite Prince album, um, but there is, uh, I'm, I'll leave it at that. I, I want you to listen to the whole album, track to track. And uh, I want to get your reaction to that and see what you think about that. I'm fucking stoked because I might have a new favorite artist coming along here pretty quick. Cool. All right. So confession. I never know what I'm going to give you until I do this conversation because it usually leads me in the conversation I want to go because if I can follow a thread and we can follow, we're going somewhere. And if we can make it a little bit easier to get there, we could do that. So I've got a pretty big list, but I'm legitimately going to flip a coin right now to see what record I'm going to give you because they're okay. both going to be phenomenal. And, uh, you know, you know, you can't decide fate. So Ed's is this one. Tails is this one. You are getting, I know you're familiar with them, MF Doom's Mad Villainy. Now, 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 all the Doom fans out there, he didn't get mm food. He didn't get Operation Doomsday. He didn't get any of those. That's okay. Mad Villainy, and I'll, it is the Doom record. The other one was going to be Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid, Bad City. Good Kid, Mad City. That was going to be the other one. I mean, they're two champions, but. 20, I think it was 2006 album came out. Mad Villainy did. So, MF Doom is Mad Villainy. Okay. I'll leave it at that, too, because I got that album is a fucking, that's that's a welper, a welter. All right, so, and I'll, in, in full full reveal that I have listened to some MF Doom. Um, I have not listened to a full album or anything like that. Um I was actually watching a video one night. Seth came upstairs and he was like, um, are you listening to MF Doom? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I because, I, my fucking lid, dude. because I couldn't believe that Supreme was the same guy that I listened to years before and that was still on that, on that album. So um, I'm really excited about that. I've, I've been wanting to, I haven't listened to this. I haven't listened to a lot of the Doom stuff. We've talked about it because I do want to, I do want to listen to it and do a, a review on the album so yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty stoked looking forward to this one too this is one that uh that i have been looking forward to for a while so um i do want to as a small aside note before we sign off um and I, I know that he'll never ever see this in a billion years or none of the of his friends or anyone that even is in the same planet as that hey, hey, two degrees away two degrees away <laughs> um but Devonte Adams got traded from my beloved Packers today to the Raiders. Um, made a boatload of money on that. So, Tay, thanks for everything you did for the Packers. Uh, stay healthy. Congratulations on getting paid, and thank you for everything you did for the team. So, you deserve all of it, and thank you so much. Don't and I'm sad. Hey, it's St. Patty's. You not you. You already had an excuse to go out and get. There we go. And green, so got to do something, right? Holy shit, he's spitting straight facts right now. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I will also shout out my favorite athlete, Charlie XCX's album comes out a day after today. Stream Crash Boys, the Queen of Hip Hop. It's gonna be a banger, boys. It's gonna be a fucking banger. And one last other thing. Um, there is a show on HBO that premiered Sunday night. It's called Game Theory. It's hosted by Bamani Jones. Wait, wait, Game uh, Theory? Game Theory. Motherfucker. Like, the most annoying YouTube channel of all time is called Game Theory. God damn it. 
you're, you're gonna be googling game theory and you're gonna get fucking matt pat talking about video games instead of omani jones god damn it that sucks all right it's on hbo max it's on sunday nights it's on after john oliver's show um, if you're not familiar with Bomani Jones, he is probably the smartest person in sports, uh, and he knows like literally everything about everything. Um, he also has a really, really good podcast called The Right Time with Bomani Jones that you should listen to. Um, if you can find the episodes where he talks about music, he is a freaking encyclopedia of music when it comes to it. Uh, they have multiple episodes that are just strictly based off Prince and Stevie Wonder, and they are exhaustive. If you want to learn more about those two artists than you ever think you could possibly know, um, listen to those, listen to his pod, find them on there. But the show is about sports, obviously, culture, race. It's really funny. It's really smart. Um, I just, I hope it does well. Unfortunately, in these times, I don't know if it will. But uh, if you have, you know, an hour on a Sunday night to, to watch a show, it's well worth it. Game Theory, Bamani Jones. Love you, Bo. Check it out, boys. Fucking check it out. Well, with all that being said, sorry this video is an hour long. <laughs> I told you we'd go sorry, on Sorry, everybody. That's whatever. I'll upload this and it's into, I don't get that, dude. I if you don't like it, I'll be honest. I really don't care. I really don't care if you don't like it at all. Uh, we have fun, and at least one person out here is going to be enjoying the hell out of it. So if you're more, if you are that person, thank you guys for watching. We appreciate the hell out of it. And if you're not that one person, Sweet. still thank you. We we are stoked that anyone cares, and we're fat. We're stoked that people watch it, and then they don't care. You watched it. We already got you, buddy. So <laughs> good luck now. <laughs> So with that being said, happy St. Patrick's, everybody. It, it, we're weeks late at this point, but take care and make sure you call your mama. Yes. Until then, see you next time. Bye.